What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Top 5 at 5 with your host, Johnny Quest. Today is Friday, February 28th. Here's what you missed today while you were busy doing you. Now, yesterday I mentioned that the market was taking a bit of a tumble, but had slightly recovered. Of course, an hour after I recorded that, the markets closed and ended one of the worst single-day losses in history. I mean, the Dow was down 1,289% of the S&P 500 was in correction levels, meaning that they are 10% or more lower than their 52-week high. Well, today, if you were hoping for some wins, well, I hope you shorted everything because it just keeps on going. As of this recording, the Dow is down more than 700 points or 3% capping off the worst week of trading since the financial crisis. (sighs) New Zealand and Nigeria reported their first coronavirus cases. South Korea confirmed more than 500 new cases. China reported 327 additional cases. Caterpillar stocks are down 2.3%. Apple shares have dropped 2.9% and are now in bear market territory after dropping over 40 points in the last week. Boeing and JP Morgan Chase dropped 5% each. Google and Alphabet dropped another 2% after news broke that a Google employee in Switzerland tested positive for the coronavirus COVID-19. I've personally lost a buttload of money, and the so-called Wall Street Fear Gauge, a.k.a. the Volatility Index, hit a high of 47.5, the highest point since February of 2018 when it hit 41. Quote, people have been so preconditioned to buy the dip and to always expect the market to recover that people can get smacked around with moves like this, said Patrick Hennessy, head trader at IPS Strategic Capital. Quote, no one knows how this thing ends. No one knows indeed, but good Lord, can it come soon? I'm running out of Pepto. Of course, our fearless leader has reportedly cautioned aides against forecasting the impact of the virus over fears that stocks will fall further, according to the Washington Post. No surprise there. Hide it all behind the curtain, Mr. Wizard. I bet this next story will make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside about the next election and social media influence. So Twitter announced back in December that it would start verifying the accounts of all candidates. Verifying, of course, is the coveted little blue checkmark you get right next to your Twitter handle that makes you feel all cool and legit. Well, they said that they would team up with Ballotpedia, a nonprofit website that calls itself the Encyclopedia of American Political Candidates, in order to, quote, verify the candidates and identify official campaign Twitter accounts, end quote. So tell me why a 17-year-old student from upstate New York was able to create a fake Twitter account over Christmas break using photos from the website, This Person Does Not Exist. Tangent, that website uses AI to create realistic fake photos of people. We'll get into deep fakes at another time. And tangent. So he then submitted a one-page survey to Ballotpedia. And after building his website on Squarespace, shortly, he got a blue check mark on Twitter. This after a Twitter spokesperson recently stated that, quote, our worst case scenario is that we verify someone who isn't actually the candidate, end quote. Yeesh. 
Get it together, people. I mean, I just had to explain to someone that the IRS was not actually calling them about their social security checks and there wasn't a warrant for their arrest. You really think they're going to understand if Mr. Andrew Walls talking about their policy points on Twitter is a real person or not? Doubt it. Okay, back in January, the FCC announced that they would fine at least one wireless carrier for sharing customer real-time location data with outside parties without customer knowledge or consent. Yep, if you don't remember, all four carriers were selling your real-time location data, like as you moved around the city. Now, Axios is reporting that the FCC has proposed fines totaling over $200 million against the big three. So T-Mobile is getting the largest fine at $91 million already set to appeal. AT&T's got charged $57 million, Verizon $48, and Sprint $12 million. Of course, T-Mobile is going to have to cover Sprint's bill when their merger deal closes later this year. And obviously, Democrats aren't happy about it as they've been calling this, quote, comically inadequate and see this as a, quote, a day late and a dollar short for heavily discounting the amounts that the carriers could owe. Hey, Sprint still owes me 43 bucks from an overpayment on a bill back in 2001. So FCC, you get every last damn dollar before Jean Legere jumps ship on us. So this story hasn't been getting too much press attention in the midst of all this virus drama that's been going on lately. But a couple of days ago, the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals upheld the Trump administration's rule denying family planning grants to clinics that make referrals for abortion. That's right. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals had a seven to four vote to uphold the rule previously overturned by different judges in three Western states. Now, you may recall the Ninth Circuit as the one President Trump would previously lambast as crooked, right, Uh, when decisions didn't necessarily go his own way. However, Trump has pulled off a major coup here, effectively flipping the Ninth Circuit red. Trump has replaced 10 judges with lifetime appointments. So in this case, Judge Ikuda, appointed previously by George W. Bush, said that the Ninth Circuit should not second guess how the Trump administration analyzed the risks and benefits of the rule. In addition to banning abortion referrals, the rule requires these agencies to refer pregnant women for prenatal care, even if the patients want abortions. And they also must encourage patients to discuss their situations with their families and to tell single women about the benefits of abstinence. Are you fucking kidding me? So more than 4 million people in the U.S., 1 million of them in California, by the way, rely on Title X funding to obtain contraception, cervical and breast cancer screenings, and testing and treatment for STDs. Of course, Planned Parenthood has already stated that it cannot comply with the new rule, losing about $60 million a year in federal funding as a result. The real story, however, is like I said, the Ninth Circuit. The quick addition of so many judges, most without judicial experience, has really put a strain on the court. Quote, 10 new people at once sends a shockwave through the system. One of the Ninth Circuit judges was quoted as saying, I'm guessing this latest rule is helping to prove that point. And one last story 
again. I mean, you can't escape this coronavirus junk. This is the worst headline I think I've seen all day. A dog in Hong Kong has tested positive for the coronavirus, confirmed by the WHO, W-H-O, the World Health Organization. So Hong Kong scientists are saying they're not sure if the dog is actually infected or if it just picked up the virus from a contaminated surface. But it did test, quote, weakly positive, meaning that low levels of the virus were found. Quote, we're working with them to understand the results, to understand what further testing they are doing, and to understand how they're going to care for these animals, end quote. This was said by Kirkehove during a press conference at the WHO's headquarters in Geneva. So the dog reportedly belongs to a 60-year-old woman who developed symptoms uh, earlier in February, and she tested positive. They found this out by swabbing its nasal and oral cavities, and that's what tested this quote-unquote weak positive. Come on, people. Leave the doggies out of this, Corchicho. They're good boys and girls. Come on. Keep them safe. Throw the masks on. No COVID for you. Well, once again, that's your top five news stories of the day, my beautiful people. So remember, stay focused. Stay proud and stay dedicated. I got you with the news.